Hello, Sam Alaikum. Thank you for joining us here at Mindful Muslimah Speaks. We are talking about a super important topic. I am so sorry, guys. It did take me a couple days to get back on because I did um, fall ill. I rarely do, but I had a, a little incident of being caught out in the rain and coming into some air condition. So I'm, I'm so sorry, and my voice is still not really up to par. So forgive me with the raspiness. I just try to survive it. And Jazakallah here for coming back for the second part. I think we're gonna do this um, series only in two parts because I. I do have a list of other things that um, I want to get to for people and requests but thank you so much for joining us today don't forget if you do want to talk to me give a suggestion a comment a question you can get me here with the voice messages or you can leave me a DM on Instagram we're also on Facebook YouTube and Twitter and on uh, www.mindful-muslima.com so subhanallah body image if you didn't already listen to the first podcast go back and listen to the part one for this series today we will be talking about how we can begin to shift our perspective on ourself and our body image remember in the last podcast we talked about um identifying if we had a body image issue and why it was kind of important to focus on and maybe getting to the root of why those things might exist and and some of the signs and so now today we're going to be talking about how we can kind of shift our perspective on ourselves and our body image and we're going to do it by examining people with body image issues in the sunnah and taking a bit closer of a look on what's changed from then till now 2019 which i think should be interesting the Prophet, peace be upon him, obviously um, was a great help to humanity and he helped us to define our value. He gave us like this type of a sunnah stick, I'll call it, this way in which we can measure our body image and our entire image if we would only reflect. And in our reflection, we would find our healing for ourselves, especially as women. Now, I believe like, it's a good idea to begin with a reference of some of the most famous stories that are told over and over again. You will find these stories all over in, in multiple books and maybe um, interviews or videos. You will find these time and time again. So I'm just going to put them in the perspective um, of the topic we're talking about today. They're not necessarily on the topic we're talking about today, but I am going to draw them into this topic. And subhanAllah, I believe that the stories from the Sunnah give us a window into the time of the greatest men and women on earth and the fact that some of them struggle with the same problems that we do now, body image. But subhanAllah, we're going to get a window into the answers that they were given on how to solve this problem for themselves, or at least how they were told to define themselves and, you know, to find that internal peace and happiness with their body image. So the first one I'm going to refer is from uh, Sahih Bukhari. And this is a very famous story. And so I'm, like I said, I'm just going to pull it. If you've heard it before, I'm going to pull into the context of today so we can think about how we can relate it to ourselves. And there was one a famous Sahabi. Not a lot of people know about him. Not a lot was written about him, even though he's related to this topic that is so profound. Like we said, 95% of people have an interest. 91% of people are struggling with their body image. So subhanAllah, this Sahaba's name is Julebib. He he was from Medina and his name Julebib actually means disfigured. He was known for being physically unattractive, but actually what made his situation worse was that he didn't even know his lineage. Now, if you know anything about, you know, the seerah and the biography of the Prophet, peace be upon him, in our history of Islam, having a lineage, having a tribe means everything. It's kind of like who backs you up. It's like your people, right? And subhanAllah, to have no people, to have no lineage, to not even know, um, you know, where you're from is extremely degrading. So that 
enough would probably cause some serious social drama in your life but to also have this issue of being disfigured or so unattractive that people wouldn't even want to befriend you it was it's it's kind of the recipe for disaster and if you could like equate it to 2019 it would be like if you were still like had some type of um, deformity or something you didn't like about your your physical appearance that was pretty obvious and then also having people on social media platforms all over like could be uh, Twitter where all the haters live or YouTube or Snapchat or, or wherever Instagram people just coming down on you about it I mean today I really believe because I've seen this and you've seen this people would just be committing suicide over such things but you know this brother he was bullied so much so much that he couldn't even sit with the men because they treated him so horribly he only could sit with the women because they actually had like pity on him and they were kind but how did you know Rasul deal with him let's talk about how he felt about himself and what Rasul thought about this man and you know what would he teach him about his situation what would he do for him if that was us you know and, and Rasul came to us so Rasul by the way he had a great affection towards him because he knew that he was good he knew that he was good despite whatever people said. And he knew that no one would kind of ever approach him for a wife. You know, no woman would probably, um, he probably wouldn't have any, any courage to ask a woman. Probably no woman would probably come after him or consider him. So um, he went to the house of one of the Ansar. And he said, I want to get your daughter married. And now the brother thought, oh my gosh, Rasulullah Sallam is coming to my house. He wants to marry my daughter. And she was really beautiful. She had a great status. But he explained, no, I don't want her for myself. I wonder for Julie Bib. And the brother was kind of kind of upset, right? At first he thought Rasulullah was coming for your child, but it's somebody else. And subhanAllah, I mean she's not a child, she's a grown woman, but you know, at first at first, um, you know, he was confused. And so he said, Okay, just let me talk to my wife. And when he went to talk to his wife, he said, you know, Rasulullah said that, you know, he he wants to get our daughter married and she was also confused. She thought it was gonna be to Rasulullah. So after much back and forth, he explained to her that no, in fact, it was to Julebib. And his wife was really upset she started yelling and even swearing by Allah which was forbidden that she would never ever marry her daughter to him now in all this you know the house was not so big it's not like a mansion of today right it's not like cribs or something right the daughter heard the commotion and she asked what was going on and when she came her mother said that you know you know explained to her what was going on and she her response as a daughter to her parents was are you going to turn down the request of Rasul You know, Allah put a goodness in her heart. And she said she would marry him at no problem. She said, marry me to him, for he will not lose me. And subhanAllah, talk about a love story, a great insight into marriage or like matchmaking today. I don't think, I don't know, would any Muslim sister that we know who are so into beauty and fashion, especially today, like even consider such a man for themselves? I don't know. There may be concern with how their wedding pictures will turn out or about their kids' genes. But you know why Rasulullah asked for this beautiful girl? Why he chose this house? Because he knew she was righteous. And he knew that she had her head and her heart in the right place. And so he knew they would be good for one another and it would be a long and happy marriage. And you know, I want to say something here, sisters, about beauty. And this is what I'm going to insert. Because beauty is a test. 
It was even talked about in the Sunnah as, as it being a test. Many scholars, have, they've written about books about this being a test. Just a word of advice right now. I know there's a lot of love stories of beautiful people. People who have beautiful weddings, they put them on Instagram, they have beautiful pics, they put us all to shame in how good they look and how good they look together. But I will give you a reality check in terms of beauty and how it comes in tests. Now we're all taught in Islam that beauty is a test, but even when you have a spouse, it's even more so of a test. We may be wanting something, sisters, that we don't realize could be a horrible curse in our life as it can make us lose ourselves or even lose our marriage if we just we have this huge desire to look a certain way. And you know what happens to beautiful people? They get hit on all day. Let's be real. If it's you, if it's your spouse, I know tons of beautiful people and they to walk down the street with them is really hard. <laughs> if it's you or your spouse, how could that affect your marriage? Think about it. It wouldn't be easy. Shaitan would make you start questioning if something better is out there. He would maybe lure you or your spouse into the possibility that you made the wrong choice and he might open a door that may close others that once had the possibility of bringing you happiness. We need to take care of what we wish for and have gratitude for what's right in front of us, subhanAllah. Now going really quick back to Julebib, I do want to tell you the ending of his story. And one of the battles he was asked about, Rasulullah was asking about all of the dead. You know, sometimes subhanAllah, this is life, real life and, and war in the time. And he would start to ask everyone who they lost from their families. And as he was looking around, he ended up stumbling upon Julebib. He found Julebib and he was slain. And he stood over his body and he saw seven men around him. And, they, and someone who had witnessed the death said, um, you know, he, he had fought them and then they killed him. And, you know, Rasulullah was over him and they, it was described that his face was extremely emotional. And he went down and he knelt down and he said about him, he said, this one is for me and I am from him. He is from me and I am from him. He is from me and I am from him. Now imagine if Rasulullah is talking about us this way. We all love this. To, to be loved so much by Rasulullah that he is in anguish over our passing. He picked him up with his two hands. And he was fairly small, Julebib, and he carried him and put his body down and he dug his grave with his own hands and buried him on his own. I don't think there's any better ending that all of us would wish for. Who would have said not want such a relationship and such a treatment from the Prophet, peace be upon him. Now, we shouldn't also think about ourselves. we should think about others and guys sometimes because we're having this superficial feeling about image forgive me uh i'm a little bit stuffy and it's also a bit of my love for this story um you know i will give you the today's version of us sometimes mocking other people on social media there's a famous sahabi with many of us know we actually know him for his greatness we know him for his strength we know him because he was always close to Rasulullah, but we probably don't know him for his body image struggles we probably didn't know him for his huge insecurity as a man who am i speaking of ibn mas'ud radiallahu anhu now, for a man, height is really important. It kind of marks you as a man. It means you have strength. It means you have status. But what if you're short? I mean really short. So short, maybe you could be classified as almost a dwarf. Ibn Mas'ud, he was made fun of all the time for being short. Even by the other sahaba, he, they would laugh at him. And you know, subhanAllah, Allah, one time they were laughing at Rasulullah he, he got very upset. Like he said, what are you laughing about? And they explained. And, you know, he said, let them know that his short legs, the ones that they're making fun of, will be the weight of Uhud 
on the mizan of good deeds with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Rasulullah was explaining that he had like huge status in front of Allah, huge status, because of all the great qualities that he had. And the fact that they were being so shallow and petty over the size of, of his stature, uh, you know, or his, his size of his legs or how tall he was, it was considered something very silly to Rasulullah Like, and, and even they're foolish because this is someone who is huge in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you're mocking him first of all and second of all like come on that's how shallow you guys are subhanallah this is the understanding that we get from this you know and these were people in, in history that their body image issues were a certain way and the prophet peace be upon him he dealt with them and in the way he's dealing with them we should start to get the answers to some of our own questions we find in this the correct perspective the healthy perspective that we need to take so when i was looking at all these stories and i was listening and i was reflecting back when i had you know learned about them the lesson that i got i'm going to tell you like my deduction from all of this <laughs> what has changed with the problem of body image from the time of the sun until now Almost nothing, really. Clothing style may have changed, names of things or status, you know, the way that they, they call things in terms of status. But as human beings, we are carrying the same baggage, the same problem. Truly, we haven't grown. It's kind of sad. Image is fake. Image is superficial. It has no depth. Are we really interested in being so shallow? So many of us, you know, may say, oh, of course not. But we kind of are. I mean, I think by now we should all be hip to the fact that images of women that we see in videos and pictures all over social media are not real people. They're constructed, edited, retouched. There's pre-production, post-production. They're nothing short of a project with maybe even a couple people on it. Why, why in the world would we aspire for that for ourselves? What is wrong with what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala constructed? Did he not do a good job? Astaghfirullah, of course he did. Who would say such a thing? Us. Us. We say it every day. When we look in the mirror, are we disappointed? When we're comparing ourselves to other women, as if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made a mistake with us? What is that? When we're envious of other women, as if we are ungrateful and unsatisfied with the rizq of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that he's handed us. Yes, we do have a problem. We do. But it isn't with our body image. If you get nothing else from this podcast, I want you just to consider this. We need to stop finding our beauty in the sight of people. We need to stop determining our value based on what they say and think about us. If we do, then our perspective is skewed. Our heart is not on track. And we should recognize that the problem is nothing to do with our beauty or our image. It's our self-esteem that is rooted within our iman, within our heart. It's actually a, a deep, deep issue. Why? Because if we value what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala values, that what anyone else values really shouldn't matter to us. It means we don't have that connection and that belief that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made something good. And the sooner that we're comfortable in our own skin, with our own self, then the sooner we will feel and look beautiful. The sooner we will find the self-satisfaction and happiness that we also desperately seek. The perspective of people will constantly change, but what will never change is the love that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has for his creation and his desire for us to be grateful for who we are and what we have. Thank you so much for joining this podcast. Talk to you next.